You're listening to a curated podcast from the Beyond Infinity radio program broadcast live on Tuesdays from 11am from our Mornington studios in Victoria, Australia. Presented by me, Piers Cunningham. And me, John Young. So John, there's been some dips and volatility in Bitcoin. That's something we're kind of used to now with that cryptocurrency. Yeah. Just recently, there was quite a big dip and you were able to jump in with confidence and take advantage of that dip and top up your growing value in Bitcoin. I tend to check the wallet every day, so it's quite a simple thing to do. You just unlock my wallet on my phone with my fingerprint and I can see the value of the Bitcoin. Yep. For a while now, I'm like, well, I'd like to buy some more, but the price has just been you know, surging ahead and, and been quite strong that... I didn't feel comfortable buying on the high. You know, we always hear with investing, you know, sell high, buy low. And at that point, I wasn't ready to sell. I was ready to buy, but the price was just way too high. So I just held off, held off, held off. And then we had the issue, which we reported on recently, which is the, the hard fork. fork. And, yep. we've, you know, we've talked about what that is. There was then some stability in, in, and actually a bit of a surge in price. Yep. Uh, so that all seemed to be good. And I, I started thinking, okay, well, maybe we're now here at a new minimum. And as some of the Bitcoin community will say, it's to the moon and where the price is going. Uh, but then there was a few things that sort of happened in the media and then the price dropped. It tended to drop pretty quickly. And I, I actually sent you a message and I said, yeah, keep an eye on the price. It's mm. um, falling. It's about time for me to buy. Mm. And I ended up doing that. I found a point at which I was comfortable. It was still a high price that I bought at, but it had dropped off that peak that it had been for at least a week and maybe even two. I bought $100 worth of Bitcoin. And I can explain the process a little bit later in, in, in this episode, uh, but it was a good time for me to buy because then shortly after that, it seemed that I did buy on that, on that low and it has started to pick up. Not much, but it has started to improve from there. Now, there is still very good chance that it will collapse. You know, there's nothing to say that it will hold this value forever. It could drop down more. Then again, it could also go up more. I'm comfortable with being able to put some money in, some money that I can afford to spend in this and just see how it grows over time. It's also to help report back to our listeners in terms of, you know, what's happening in the digital space. Well, there was that 15% drop, which is what you're talking about, which was a correction and it's since surged back over 5,000 Australian dollars to a Bitcoin. So it seems to have been just been a blip. And I wonder whether it actually had anything to do with a story that it was well publicized around the world. It appeared on uh, the ABC News feed as well. It was a story involving the CEO of JP Morgan actually saying that he thought Bitcoin was a fraud and that it will blow up. Bitcoin surged in value since the start of last year, but has now dropped in value by 15% when that warning from uh, JP Morgan came out. So perhaps that spooked the market a bit. There was also some talk about China was also trying to restrict the exchanges. So Bitcoin exchanges. That's right. So I think there's a combination of stories. Yes. And China is a big player in the Bitcoin space. Yes. Realistically, they're not going to be able to control it. I think people are now seeing that and going, oh, we were scared initially. And that's why there was a sell-off. But they realize the government really can't control Bitcoin as much as they'd like to. And therefore, there's been a bit more strength come back into it. JP Morgan Chief Executive Jamie Dimon told a New York investor conference that Bitcoin was a fraud and eventually will blow up. He said that if he found any of his traders trading Bitcoin, he would fire them in a second and the currency was worse than tulips bulbs, referring to a famous market bubble from the 1600s. Now, as you've mentioned, there was a report from a British watchdog which issued a warning on initial coin offerings after the Chinese government banned ICOs. So there was a kind of a culmination of of stories there. And it should be noted, actually, that JP Morgan does handle Bitcoin-related trades for clients despite that warning from its CEO. So there's kind of a 
bit of hypocrisy going on there in I, a way. I don't take too much uh, yeah, interest in what uh, this guy has had to say, mainly because there were stories out a few years ago that when Bitcoin originally had that big jump, that big push, and I think it was uh, just over $1,000 per Bitcoin, and everyone was all over it and saying, this is amazing. Then there was the naysayers and saying, no, it's going to collapse. And the price did fall off. Mm. Uh, I think it fell back down to about $500. But look at it where we are now. I mean, we're talking about Bitcoin above $4,500, $5,000. So, yeah, I don't take too much of what they say because it is about a community of people that do believe in the system. Mm. The thing is, there's only going to be a certain amount of Bitcoin that will be created. There are billions of people in the world. So you only need a few million people to actually take this up. Of course, remember, there was Bitcoin that was lost, forever lost in the early days. Talking about the Mt. Gox issue, yep. that, was, that was stolen or lost. A big, half a billion dollar fraud yep. from the Japanese exchange there, all very sus. There was also the story of the guy who'd, who'd bought, he had about, I mean, this was years ago, so it'd be worth a lot more now. But he was in Britain, he'd bought Bitcoin really early on when it was you know, just a few cents yep. for, for, per, per Bitcoin. And then he'd lost the hard drive yeah. and it wound up in landfill. And he was basically scouring this giant landfill mm. somewhere in Britain trying to find this lost hard drive, hoping to recover because it was the only proof he had that those Bitcoins belonged to him. So of the 21 million Bitcoins that will be created you know, overall in total, mm. then it, let's assume that say, I don't know, three or four million, maybe five million have been lost forever. Mm. Never to see again. There's some that um, I think it's Satoshi Nakamoto, the creator of Bitcoin. You know, he obviously had generated some himself. There's others that are in that early crowd that are holding on to these large amounts of Bitcoin. And then you've got everything else. So, so realistically, there might be 12 to 15 million Bitcoins that will actually be usable. And we're talking about a global population of billions of people. Mm. So this is where as long as it can still perform the task that it's required, that you can exchange it into your own currency so I can take my Bitcoin and I can cash out any time I like into my local currency or I can use the Bitcoin for trade services that are in other countries where there might be remote communities that don't have access to certain banks. I mean, if you look at so the third world, which there's been discussion that it can really help over there because some of them do have smartphones, but they don't necessarily have a bank to then leave money in. They don't have enough savings. But if there's a way to store that, whether it be through some kind of Bitcoin wallet on a phone or even in a paper wallet, which you can use Bitcoin for, that is a way that uh, potentially helping you know third world countries build some wealth. Mm. According to a spokesman for JP Morgan, courtesy Reuters, they say that they do not take positions in the instrument being Bitcoin with its own capital that routes the orders electronically to exchanges. That's according to a JP Morgan spokesman, Brian Marcioni. They are not JP Morgan orders, he said. These are clients purchasing third-party products directly. That's the sort of qualification coming from JP Morgan. You know what? I welcome his comments. I welcome them because that it did have maybe a slight effect on the price. It dropped down a little bit. And it gave me gave a chance, chance to, buy. to get him for cheaper. Yeah. yeah. Look, there's always going to be naysayers, and and I suppose you know as we've warned people on on many occasions when we've talked about this, and we have got multiple podcasts on Bitcoin, including how to mine it, how to set up a wallet, all sorts of stuff. John has provided us with over the months and years. We've always 
emphasize that this is a, a highly speculative currency and you've got to be careful. You, you know, you don't invest anything more than you're prepared to lose. Mm-hmm. And we actually don't offer any kind of firm advice on whether you should buy it or not. We're just reporting on what we see as, right. a, as a pretty amazing and phenomenal increase in the price of this cryptocurrency. There are some big benefits of Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. One of them is that you can actually trace you know, the whole life of the Bitcoin from when it was mined yep. right the way through to the present day. You know, you can't do that with a dollar coin or, mm-hmm. or a, a US dollar note. Mm-hmm. There are some big advantages that go with Bitcoin, not least getting around all those transaction costs that can go with uh, converting to foreign currencies if you're buying something from overseas. Well, if, if Bitcoin is the is the world currency, the universal currency, mm-hmm. then you get around well, a big chunk of transactional costs. Well, yes and no. Uh, and I was explaining off air to you before about the process of me buying. Mm, and yeah. you do lose out in fees. There are fees that are going to be part of it. It's just not necessarily fees in the same way that a bank might handle fees. You know, there's no ongoing account keeping fees for your Bitcoin wallet. Once you've got the Bitcoin there, that's it. Whether you choose to pay somebody or not, that's completely up to you. If you want to get into Bitcoin and convert from your local currency into Bitcoin, you may lose money along the way. When I made the purchase last week, I decided that I wanted to buy 100 US dollars worth of Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. But in order to do that, I had to go through a little bit of a convoluted process. It's not the perfect process and I know that, but it's a process that I use and it's a a website called Verwox. So that's V-I-R-W-O-X. And basically it's just a virtual world exchange. And I can take money from my PayPal account and deposit it onto their website and that deposits as US dollars. It ended up being, I think it was 120 Australian dollars to convert it into 100 US dollars onto mm-hmm. their site. Mm-hmm. From there, you can't transact directly onto Bitcoin. You have to go through one other step, which is buying SLL dollars, which is Second Life Linden dollars, an old virtual game from years yeah, and yeah. years ago. Mm. I converted the 120 US dollars into many hundreds of thousands of SLL dollars. Like they're quite, it's quite a low exchange rate for that one. Mm-hmm. And from there, I could convert back to Bitcoin. And then from there, I could actually transfer that out into my wallet. This is because your preference was to use PayPal. That's right. There's many other ways you can buy it. But if you want to buy it on, say, a local exchange here in Australia, you have to go through a bit of a registration process and you have to be authorized and provide certain documents, Mm -hmm. whether it be a credit card number or um, driver's license. I'm not interested in doing that. There's other ways you can do it through local Bitcoins, but you need to build up a bit of a profile or history with buyers or Mm. sellers Mm. i will do that over time but i'm not interested in trying to find the right deal to then be knocked back by that seller when the price i think is about to go up i want when i want to buy it i want to buy it then yep and this particular method whilst it's not ideal it works for me yeah and so that 120 australian dollars once it had gone through all this sort of convoluted system ended up working it to around about a hundred dollars australian in equivalence of bitcoin Mm. but as of now because of the value jumping back up a bit i think that uh, checking it this morning was about 117 australian dollars so realistically you've almost covered your costs in the the games that you've made recently yeah Yeah. just going back to that reuters report regarding jp morgan there are more than a dozen banks including morgan stanley goldman sachs and credit suisse group that have acted as brokers for buying and selling Bitcoin XBT on NASDAQ's Stockholm-based exchange. That's according to Swedish online bank Nordnet AB. Other exchanges want to trade too. CBOE Holdings has applied with US regulators to handle a Bitcoin futures contract and an exchange-traded fund. Like it or not, people want exposure to Bitcoin. That seems to be the bottom line. Thanks for listening. And head to beyondinfinity.com.au for the best bits from the live show or to connect with us on social media. We welcome your feedback and suggestion for future shows.